And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, covering some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and even Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, um, before I jump into the Triple Dipper, because I, I got a little bit of time on my hands, uh, I got to tell you, the, the coffee thing is still going crazy. So Chris from Madison um, just texted in. He said his drill instructor at ba- my my DI said the same thing. He said my drill instructor at basic always said that the maximum effective firing range of an excuse is zero meters. He also said there was no excuse for decaf coffee, so right side decaf could be called zero meters coffee. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. Um, I just uh, oh look at that. Dustin from Hazel Green says our light roast could be called just plain light. <laughs> That's good. He also said, can we do a coffee and guns range day sponsored? Uh, you know what? I'm saying oh, yes. yes coffee right. and guns and donuts. That's, this, that's like, that's America right there. Um, Allie from Athens says, necessity is the mother of invention. And then she says, what she say? He, she, th-. anyway, I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. I don't know. Allie, I'm not sure what you're doing. I'm trying to read your text real fast and keep moving. I'll come back to it. Uh, Chris from Madison said, um, uh, his brigade lost a soldier because he thought his he thought the tank would protect him, and he wasn't wearing his sappy plate. That was that thing I talked about earlier, body armor, your sappy plates. Um, yeah, I, I I get it, man. Sorry to hear it. Brad from Limestone County says maple bacon coffee second. Um, he says you may have to work out a revenue sharing agreement with Just Love Coffee, but your tagline has to be "You'll love just right." I like it. <laughs> just Love Coffee, love just right. I see. That's we got we got some. Serious marketing people we do. in our audience. I like this. I, I like this a lot. So Reader from Scottsboro says that the uh, light brew ought to be called conservative coffee. <laughs> it's, it's truly conservative. Uh, somebody else, uh, JT from Lacey Springs, got the Snowflake Left Blend, a, pack, a, pack, a packet of artificial sweetener. Artificial sweetener. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, listen, we got, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, you guys keep texting. Chris from Alabama. That's all this is, Chris from Alabama. Dark roast is the ruffian blend. Medium roast, not so ruffian blend. The light roast is the wussian blend. <laughs> A wussian blend. Um, all right, hey, listen, uh, before I get on the triple dipper, I got to tell you, there's been a bit of an update. This is, I'm changing gears. I'm actually being serious. You ready? Serious. Put your serious face on. Serious. Mm. Mm. All right. No, but seriously, uh, you know, we had the other day, we did that whole segment on the show about the uh, early prison release. We had the district attorney from Etowah County, um, uh, Jody Willoughby, uh, in, in studio with us and did this whole thing about the fact that, yeah, you know, the DAs already have a little bit of a struggle with the fact that uh, we passed uh, presumptive sentencing guidelines back in 2013, 2015. But now the legislature, the current legislature, has joined the governor in uh, passing what has become um, somewhat of a debacle. They passed it in 2021, a bill that allows for early release. And not just allow, it's pretty much like presumptive reduction of sentencing guidelines. That's, it's interesting. And if you may see the news, it's been, it, it's, it hadn't rolled out well, let's put it that way. It, ha- it hadn't rolled out well at all. Um, first things first, the law says you're supposed to notify the victims or the interested parties who would have an interest in knowing that the victimizer is getting out early. And they were doing a horrible job at it. Hundreds of prisoners were set to be released. The majority of those victims had not been notified. So the attorney general, and I believe rightfully so, filed suit 
to prevent the release of the prisoners until they comply with the law and either pardons and paroles or um, the Department of Corrections contacted all the victims. Okay, there's that. Uh, so the whole thing was a debacle. They're supposed to be released with ankle monitors. Uh, the people who are in favor of this law say that this is the great way to do it. We get to keep track of them for a little while longer and reduce prison overcrowding all at the same time. And those of us that are like, what? Or look at this saying, I'm pretty sure that they would be supervised inside the walls. And letting them out early may or may not be the best thing. Well, we've got some new stories. Uh, first of all, story broke this morning on ABC 3340 News um, that over in Calhoun County near Anniston, that they just had to go out and find one guy who was accidentally released in the batch of people who were being released. He shouldn't have been in there. Why? Because there were outstanding charges for which he had yet been tried, so he did not qualify. And they literally had to go find the guy who had been released, despite the fact that he was an armed robbery uh, convictee. And, oh, by the way, he didn't have an ankle monitor on. So there's that. Then they had another one who showed up at his first parole meeting to meet with his parole officer, high as a kite, stoned out of his mind with a pocket full of drugs, and they had to take him into custody right there and release him. Now, I will say this. The first thing that um, pardons and paroles said about that one was, well, the system worked because we caught him and put him back in jail. Guess what? Now you got to process him all over again and put him back in, and maybe he shouldn't have been out. And then the question, I was on Jeff Poor's show this morning. Because, by the way, I, I got some information that we may see another one of these very same type stories in northeast Alabama, maybe as early as this afternoon. So what we're seeing is the early release is burdening the system. And the, and the point that I made on Jeff Poor's show this morning, uh, I was on FM Talk 106.5, the Jeff Poor show, um, just around 1130-ish. And the, and the point that I made there was, you know, you say you're reducing the burden on the system by lowering overcrowding in the prisons. But are you really reducing the burden on the system or just spreading it out? Because really what happened, what happened here is they're still requiring monitoring. Someone still has to monitor the ankle monitor. Someone still has to meet with them as a parole officer. So you basically increase the overworked, you know, caseload of the parole officers by giving them more to work, but you did not reduce the number of people working in the prisons because we didn't take away a prison guard because we let a 400 people out. No. All we did is say, hey, those 400 people, they still have to be supervised, but you do it now. That's what happened. All we did was shift the responsibility from one department to another, which does nothing to help the system. In fact, all it did was take one group of overworked people, our, our corrections officers, and create two groups of overworked people. And, oh, by the way, we're letting prisoners out of their sentences early because the law says so. So if the law says so, if the law says that the presumptive minimum sentencing guidelines are 20 years, with them throwing it out there, if we're saying that the presumptive sentencing guidelines are 20 years, then why are we also then adding a presumptive reduction guideline on the end of it? Why don't we just say we're going to reduce the sentencing guidelines? Why are we doing a presumptive reduction on the back end? Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? The presumptive guidelines say that unless there's been a problem that he gets out at 20 years, minimum 20 years, got to sentence him to 20 years. Okay. But once he's in for 18 years, you let him go. You got to. You have to. No choice. Really? What the heck? Well, the whole thing ain't working great. And the other piece that really bothers me, 
is how quiet the governor's office has been about this. The governor's office ain't saying boo about it. Now, I got to fuss a little bit at the legislature. Those who are having buyer's remorse, suck it up. Tell us how you're going to amend it and get it done. All right? Stop complaining about it. it was the governor's package and we voted for it. Well, you voted for it. Co-equal branches of government. You did your thing. Okay. Legislative branch, be the legislative branch. You're not the legislative arm of the governor. You're the legislative branch of government. And so that being said, if you don't like it, and a lot of us believe you shouldn't like it, then go in there with an amendment come the March general session, and let's get it fixed. Let's get it fixed, send it back to the governor, let her sign it, or tell, her, tell, her, tell us why she won't. In the meantime, though, I do have to ask this question. Where is Governor Ivy on this issue right now? And she ain't nowhere. She ain't saying nothing. I mean, literally the only response that I think we've gotten so far has been from her press secretary, not from her, not a statement from the governor through the press secretary, but just a statement from the press secretary. I assume that Governor Ivy is, is still, you know, working. Uh, I assume that she's well. And, uh, and, I, and I would think that this is a leadership issue that she needs to speak to. If it was indeed her package of bills that dealt with our prison system, if it was indeed her intent to see this early sentencing, you know, reduction guideline take place, or the early release guideline take place, well, then she needs to speak to it when it's not going well. And so far, all we're hearing is crawfishing from the press secretary alone, Gina Mayola, who says, well, it's the governor's leadership. That's the only reason why we're having this conversation. Well, then maybe we should have the governor's leadership come into effect because she ain't saying nothing at all. Nothing. You get my crickets sound effect? Where's my crickets? Give me some crickets. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Governor Ivey. But that's, that's the deal. If you're going to be a leader, then be a leader. And being a leader sometimes means you have to speak up, even when it's uncomfortable. Or get out front and tell us why it is what it is. Tell us, folks, I am sorry this has not gone well. I've issued an executive order. I'm telling them to hang on to this for a minute till we get to sort it out. They're not doing a good job, and I will fix it. I'm the governor. They, she could say that. And we would all go, whew, thank you. Glad you're in charge. Saying nothing, saying nothing at all, that's not leadership. That's abdication. And I was telling Jeff Poor this morning on his show, I said, part of, part of the thing that you look at in a governor is, like, for instance, I went with Governor Ivey myself, me personally, I did. I went and toured tornado damage with Governor Ivey in my district. And I was glad she was there. She didn't lift up debris. She didn't do any cleanup. She didn't write a check for someone's losses. She didn't, she didn't do that. She wasn't supposed to. But she was there. So what difference did it make? It showed that she was on the job and it provided assurance to the people that the governor is aware of the situation and is addressing it. That's what it does. That's why you see leaders tour disaster areas. Well, this is a disaster right now, right now. Multiple felons being released early, not being done well, victims not being notified, wrong people being, you know, processed out. And all it takes, all it takes is for one really bad situation, one violent crime, one repeat offender out of that group, just one, at a time when he or she should not have been on the street doing something to harm somebody else. And if that one happens and the governor has not addressed this, she's going to hear from the whole state. I'm just telling you. All right. Dang, Boomer. That was an entire soliloquy. I liked it. That was not even written down. I was just on a roll, brother. Must be good coffee. It's good coffee. <laughs> Take me to a break, man. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. 
It will switch to the Triple Dipper, the stuff that I actually came on the show to talk about. Number one on the Dipper, go woke, go broke. We'll talk about it. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Uh, Boomer, the text lines are just fun today, man. Oh, they are. Are you checking some of these out? Oh, I have. I just haven't caught up. (laughs) Let me give you a few of them just for fun. Uh, Gary from Decatur just texted in about the thing I just said a minute ago about the prison release, the early release. Mm. He says, thank you for calling the governor out on this prison release fiasco. He said, I'm still very concerned we're going to ultimately see many more liberal moves in her last term as governor. She has nothing to lose anymore. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, I've known Kay Ivey for a while. Um, I do believe that uh, she's not an ultra conservative, but I, but I, but I, but I don't think she's like you know a wingding, not by any stretch. I don't think she's a Mitt Romney, uh, but I am concerned about how much is happening in her office is actually her doing it. That's 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 an interesting the dynamic of this whole thing. Uh, Don from Cairo says the governor is a true lame duck. Okay, well there's there's that. All right. Um, John from Huntsville, getting back to the coffee thing, he says a coffee in honor of Boomer called Hump Day Coffee. <laughs> and it's made from camel poop. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. On the outside of the bag, he says it can have a camel drinking coffee. He says smells great, tastes great, and never goes to waste. <laughs> Golly. Wow. Wow. Um, oh, man. And then uh, where Roger from Ardmore says you could have uh, whiny liberal coffee made from the feces of Asian palm crickets and liberal tears. <laughs> I don't know why these people get this. Uh, Gina from Athens, and this is one of my favorites, too. She says you could just name the decaf coffee Not Woke. Ooh, not, not get it, woke. Not, yeah, give, give me, give me the, give me the applause on that one. That was, that was, that was worth it. There we go. All right. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm jumping into the triple dipper here. So number one, go woke, go broke. Let's talk about this for a little while. So, I, I so I, I knew the segment was going to be go woke, go broke because there's new stuff out there, not the least of which is about Disney that I'll get to in a minute. But I found an article from a, a, a website called Raconteur. Raconteur. I like saying it. Raconteur. Raconteur.net. A little bit, little bit liberal. Um, but it starts off dated January 19th, by the way. So it's only, what, like three weeks old? Business leaders are often reminded of the importance of being authentic, it says, and to wear their values on their sleeves. But with political conversations becoming increasingly contentious, CEOs are split on whether it's wise to wade into device, divisive discussions. Okay. Here's the thing. The whole push for ESG, you know, environmental, social, and governance, the idea that corporations should not consider themselves in existence for profits but for, for what they can do to impact culture, uh, unless your model, like, like, for instance, Right Side Radio. Right Side Radio is a company. We are, we are, our own, we are a separate company. We're not owned by any one of the stations that we're on. We're, we're a syndicated broadcast. We have a company. We have our own offices. We have our own studio we exist for the purpose of impacting culture, all right? That's, that's why we exist, period. But, you know, Coca-Cola, no. Uh, Delta Airlines, um, no. Uh, I, I look at some of this and I go, you know what? Your role is to fly people from one place to the other effectively and safely. 
and on time. Uh, your job over there is to uh, make a soft drink that people actually want to drink. And then your job over there is to build widgets and yours is to provide a service. And how about you get back to the basics? Your shareholders invested in you because that's what you do. Well, the article points out here, it says, in recent years, businesses have become increasingly vocal on social issues. Following the death of George Floyd in 2020, major corporations like Netflix, Nike, Warner Media, they all got in, on, you know, in bed with Black Lives Matter. That's my words, not the articles, but that's what it is. Uh, when the Supreme Court made its decision in Dobbs last year, overturning Roe v. Wade, well, a number of companies decided they're going to start advertising that if you work for us, we'll give you what you need to fly to another state to get your abortion and kill that child. It's, it's just amazing. They feel the need to get out in front of the issue. Disney famously got into the culture wars, trying to go to you know war with Ron DeSantis, thinking that they had it going on, that nobody would dare buck Disney. And by the way, I had a great conversation with somebody just a couple of days ago, somebody who's been a, a leader in the state for a long time uh, at the highest levels, and, and, and we were talking about the number of organizations that, that, that believe that they're almost untouchable here in this state. We have a few. And, and that's the way Disney was. Disney was the untouchable in Florida. Guess what? Ron DeSantis stood up and said, done with you. Well, Disney is paying the piper now. They tried to brand his, you know, his, his bill that prevented the sexualization of children and call it the don't say gay bill, which was ridiculous. It didn't say anybody couldn't be gay. It said K through three, that is not the role of a teacher to teach a child about, you know, LGBTQ lifestyles styles and sexualization. Keep it out of the classrooms. Let them be kids. And Disney got all in it. They got all in it. And now Ron DeSantis is the only one step further. He's, he's pulled $2 billion of his state treasury's funds out of BlackRock because BlackRock is all into ESG investing. We've got Lego CEO, Lego CEO, Niles Christensen. He spoke at the World Economic Forum not long ago. He said he believes that although it's important for businesses to take a stance on certain issues that they should only when it relates to issues that which they have an active stake. In other words, he's trying to take a moderate line. If there's something going on that impacts your company, he's saying, then decide what to do. But if it doesn't touch your company's business, you're best staying out of it. You think? He says in his words, says, you don't want to have CEOs that have an opinion about everything. I need to be very careful. He said, I don't mix my personal political beliefs with the stance that we have as a company. I got news. Legos, that's his company, Legos Toys, they are purchased by both liberals and conservatives. They are purchased by both Democrats and Republicans. And you run the risk of alienating an entire section of your purchasing base. And, and most of us out here, I mean, how many times have we gotten just irritated with the idea of Coca-Cola or, and I'm, by the way, I'm a big Coca-Cola fan, but you, you find out they're saying things that don't align with your views to the extent that you second guess whether you want to even buy their product. How many people have stopped going to Disney? Well, all said and done, a lot. So we're going to come back from this break and we're going to talk about this whole go woke and go broke scenario that we're seeing play out around us. It's real. People are fighting back and they're fighting back with their pocketbooks. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back.
right side rough you You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And, yep, like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, coming up, bottom of the hour, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Boomer and McQueen, we do it every week. Uh, I think Thursday has become the day, right, Boom? That's pretty much the day. Uh, that is the day. The day for Boomer McQueen. Yes. Like, don't schedule nobody else. Boomer <laughs> McQueen's on that day. Yeah, y'all, yeah you got to tune in. <laughs> Donald Trump wants to be No, I'm sorry. We have, sorry. we have Boomer McQueen that day. <laughs> Tell him to pick another day. Um, all right, back to this number one of the Triple Dipper. Go woke, go broke. So in case you hadn't heard, story on Fox Business. The news is out as of yesterday. Uh, the Walt Disney Company has announced it is trimming its payroll by 7,000 employees. God, gosh. I mean, I don't know how many they have. but that's About 220,000. They have 220,000 Across employees? the world. Shut my mouth. I looked it up this morning. I saw, I saw really? that. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's a lot of people. Look at you. I just wanted to see how many were actually employed. I'm just I'm impressed by that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, but the Walt Disney Company announced it's trimming its payroll by some 7,000 employees, becoming the latest major firm to cut jobs as economic uncertainty weighs. I would suggest it's more than that. I would suggest that they have made themselves less popular than they used to be. There are people that they're 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 losing money because it's not just on the you know anti Ron DeSantis don't say gay bill ah. Uh, you know, and, 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 and fighting with the state of Florida, biting the hand that feeds them, basically. But there's also the fact that they've been doing a pretty poor job of deciding how to do their programming. And their programming is starting to really suck. I mean, they're starting to get woke cartoons out there. They had last year, they took an epic loss on the movie Lightyear. And, and, and Boomer, you've seen the Toy Story series movies, I'm sure, haven't yes. you? Yes. Have your kids old enough to see Toy Story yet? Uh, yeah, it packs. So, yeah, okay, so little guy mm-hmm. saw it, but uh, my grandson saw Toy Story for the first time the other day. Okay. And it was big doings. Big doings. He liked it. Liked it a lot. <laughs> so it's successful. So yeah. multi-generation. So it came out when my kids were little. Now my kids' kids are watching it, loving it, and yet they had the movie Lightyear last year that um, a lot of folks just said, well, we're not doing that. We're not We're not doing the whole got to have gay characters and they have to kiss each other in the cartoon. Yep. Nope. Yep. No. You don't need that. Nope. Not doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and Disney slashing 7,000 jobs. Go woke, go broke. Hmm. So article here on USA Today, dated January 4th. So it's just a little over a month old. It says, woke mind virus, corporate wokeness, why red America has declared war on corporate America. This is a, this is basically... This is trying to make it out as, well, it's all those, those MAGA Republicans that are after. It's all, no, it's not. It's like, you know, everyday Joe and Jane are just sick of it. How about do your job, corporation? How about do that thing that you've always been good at that you just decided to, you know, put on the back burner so you could be good at being socially active? Elon Musk, it says, the billionaire CEO of Twitter and Tesla calls it a woke mind virus. Ron DeSantis calls it corporate wokeness. Republicans say they're fighting back against the unchecked influence of illiberal activists in executive suites and boardrooms. Grievances, and it names a few, are things like when Delta Airlines opposed Georgia's restrictive voting laws. They didn't just oppose it. 
by the way, they slammed it. They slammed their own state. Delta Airlines got busy at getting stupid, and they got woke, and it turns out that what they were saying was happening wasn't even happening, and that the, the, the voter rolls didn't diminish. Nobody was disenfranchised. They had record turnout, and guess what? They elected Democrats to the U.S. Senate. So how do you like me now, Delta Airlines? But they got so woke to make, you know, to make friends with BLM. Citigroup. Um, paying for Texas employees to travel out of state for abortions. Okay. Companies suspending campaign donations to Republicans who denied the result of the 2020 presidential election. You know, I've noticed that, um, by the way, I'm on record. My, I, my time on Fox and Friends as a state senator, uh, uh, inviting um, In-N-Out Burger from California to Alabama. Well, they're going to Tennessee instead, but that just happened. In-N-Out Burger was ostracized in California for giving money to Republican candidates. Huh. Well, people are sick of that stuff. Matt Schlapp, who's the chair of the American Conservative Union, said none of this has anything to do with running their companies. Is it really the job of a corporate CEO to be the head of the DNC or the head of the AFL-CIO or the head of Planned Parenthood? And I would suggest, no, it's not. In a report, it says prepared for the National Center for Public Policy Research called Balancing the Boardroom, How Conservatives Can Combat Corporate Wokeness. Here's a quote for you. In this public policy research manual. It says, quote, American corporations, hyper-politicized and corrupt as many may be, are among the few public institutions where there's still a fighting chance to reverse course. The point being made there is that shareholders do have a say, and the public has a say. If you're a publicly traded company and people have bought shares in your company, they expect a return on their investment. In fact, Mr. Boardroom Guy, you have a fiduciary obligation to maximize your shareholder investments. You do. It's legal. It's binding. To the extent that you can even bring a, a shareholder's suit against the company. It's called a shareholder derivative action. If you see that your investment is being crushed by decisions of the boardroom that were conscious, you can bring suit against it. And then we, as, as you know, the, the, the end user customer, we can just choose not to buy it. And it's happening a lot. Go woke, go broke is real. Got a piece here from Fox. Came out January. January 1st, actually. Started off the year with this one. Go woke, go broke. Liberal movies, books, and TVs that bombed in 2022. I told you about the, um, uh, the, the, the Pixar movie, which is part of the D Disney franchise for Toy Story Lightyear. It failed to meet expectations in a big, big way. Only earned $51 million overall at the box office, which sounds like a lot of money, but not when you compare it to how much it cost to make it. Uh, they also had an openly, uh, I mean, a, a, an openly LGBT, LGBTQ character in a movie called Strange World, uh, animated film last year that had a whopping $180 million budget, only took in $24 million. One of the biggest losses in the box office in decades. And so Disney's getting, they're firing 7,000 people? Well, maybe it's because, not just the economy, y'all, maybe it's because they're leaving their constituency behind, and it's crushing them. How about this? Another film focused on LGBTQ characters called Bros did not even move the needle at the box office. The New York Times suggested that homophobia was the reason. Well, how about this? We just don't want to see it. It was a bad movie with a bad script, and oh, by the way, it was so woke that nobody wanted to go. There's a new movie out called Amsterdam. Robert De Niro who has a whole section in the movie where it appears that he was, what he's really doing is, is telling off Trump in the movie because, you know, he's a major anti-Trump guy. 
Uh, some even argue that Amsterdam, the movie, was made as a result of the director's total distaste for Trump in general. And guess what? It's bombed at the, at the, at the, at the, at the movie theater. Did you know, by the way, Boomer, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she actually had a, um, a documentary about uh, um, climate change? Really? You hadn't heard that? I, I don't think I have. I don't think anybody has. Oh, okay. <laughs> On average, it made about $80 each theater that it played in. $80. It, it was in theaters? Apparently. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that I would just be better off with a cup of coffee and a maple bacon donut. Mm. Uh, Jamel Hill's memoir, Uphill, also had a rocky start. It sold only 5,000 copies. Uh, comedian John Stewart. He got so woke, Apple TV took him on, and the show bombed. It's already done, I think, is, is what I heard last. But then it's not, just, it's not just the corporate boardrooms. Here's what's interesting. It is possible sometimes for government to forget its place. <laughs> yeah. So what happens when government gets woke? Well, government can go broke, too. Phil, what are you talking about? Well, how about all of the things that are happening right now with subsidizing the Green New Deal? How about the fact that so much of our taxpayer dollars are wrapped up in the Inflation Reduction Act and in the $1.7 trillion spending spree? And they're paying for things that are not sustainable, and government is doing it. Well, then you got situations like this one. It comes from England, in Birmingham, England, because it's not Birmingham, it's Birmingham. In Birmingham, England, the Birmingham Mail is talking about the fact that the Birmingham I'm having a hard time saying it. <laughs> Birmingham, England's council put in place what they called a clean air zone. So, Boomer, let me guess you this. You're driving down the road. Suddenly, you cross into a different part of town, and you get pulled over. Your first thought is what? Speeding. Okay. Yeah. Which, knowing you, is very possible. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, all right, you get pulled over. Uh, the bobby comes up to the window. Right, right, sir. He didn't. What does he? What does he ask for? Does he ask for your license? You think your 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 proof of registration? I, I would already have it ready. Maybe what he also asked for is your proof of being a clean air zone approved vehicle. I wouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> no, both of us are driving trucks. That's not going to happen. Definitely wouldn't right? have it. <laughs> well, that's what they're trying to do in Birmingham, England, right now. Wow. The city has put in place a thing called a CAZ, a clean air zone, and you get fined if your vehicle is not approved to be in that part of town. So if you work there, what do you do? Or if you got to get to the hospital, that's the quickest way. What do you do? Anyway, the city Whoa. council, it says, has been overwhelmed by the number of motorists who are not only failing to comply, but they're <laughs> refusing to pay their penalties. It says 50,000 drivers have been penalized every single month since they put 50,000 50, per month. Oh, my goodness. And they are finding it impossible to collect the cash. It says 52,068 penalty charges were issued just in November alone. The story just came out uh, two weeks ago. Um, that's 1,735 a day. I mean, is any, how can anybody even drive if they're all being pulled over? What do they have, like a gate you have to go through? It says, once again, showing huge numbers of drivers ignoring the clean air zone or, for that matter, is not understanding how it works and where it operates. This is, this is when wokeness creates brokeness right here. You can quote me on that. You like that? Wokeness creates brokeness. All right. Take me to a break, Boomer. We'll do that. We'll come right back, and I'll put a lid on this one pretty quick. Go woke, go broke, and then bottom of the hour. Do you have a caller on the line for me? I was trying to get your attention. Tell him I'm so sorry. I just must have been too much coffee. I will get right back to him. My gosh. 
Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, and going straight to the phones, because I did not even realize that Brian from Huntsville was on the line when I was just gabbing away. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing reasonably well, and uh, <laughs> just uh, listening to Go Woke, Go Broke, and I was thinking about when I canceled my Disney subscriptions about uh, a year and a half ago, was uh, when uh, a lady named Gina Carrera yes. from The Mandalorian got fired because she had some conservative tweets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet the, uh, yet the lead guy way out there on the left, he can get away with anything he wants to say. It, Forgive me, but, uh, please, if you're an actor, be an actor, please also tell me your opinion, but don't let the politics, how do you say, determine your employment. Uh, it, Totally agree, and 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 Gina Carano, by the way, was a was a key part of that show, The Mandalorian. I mean, she was she was like a much loved character, and and it created all kinds of firestorm when they let her go simply because she chose to let her conservative views be known. And by the way, her tweets were not even that offensive; they were just conservative. No, not at all. And and uh, she was gorgeous too, and everything. But you've got biceps that are twice the size that I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she could she could probably beat both of us up at the same time, you know. But she was an MMA fighter, but even still, um, yeah, I, I I totally agree. It's 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 just something else. Well, listen, man, I got one more phone call. I appreciate you hanging on during the break, Brian. Take care. I got Steve from Huntsville on there. Steve from Huntsville, how you doing, bud? Hey, man, right side ruffian here. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad of it. What's on your mind? <laughs> Love it. I'll tell you real quickly. Uh, try try not to drag it out. Uh, I have a little, uh, I'm retired, retired engineer, conservative, uh, save my money all these years and, you know, do the right thing, live within your means, you know, how, how engineers are. Right. And I was fortunate enough to buy a, a nice little condo on the, on the beach investment property, uh, about eight years ago. And I've been managing it myself, uh, renting it all the time, you know, just, just to try to keep it covered and all. And, uh, I, I think about that place a lot because I never really wasn't like a small businessman, and this is sort of, it is sort of a small business in a sense because I, I have cleaning people, repair people that, that help me on everything, you know. Uh, it, it's a nice little unit, it stays rented, but I think about the things that, that, that the government is imposing on people with property. You can't, you can't charge rent for a year. Uh, uh. We want to control how much you can charge, uh, who, you can ch- who you can rent to, uh, having to take people, you know, homeless people in and just have at it y'all but i've still got to make my bills got to still make my payments uh i still got to keep the place up and, and keep it functional it just drives me insane to think about what they what a lot of them are willing gleefully to do to people and and i, and I think about that uh, you know how that would affect me personally it just it just makes me so sad but you know uh we've just got to find ways to to break free of all the uh control that everybody's imposing on us 
from that other side. And uh, and basically what you're saying, uh, too, is in, in your case, uh, the government has the ability to go woke and make you broke, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, and, and uh, tell you what you can do with it and, and just basically impose so many uh, restrictions on, on, on living your life that it, it I, I don't know. I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm an old guy, and I'll just cruise on through. But my kids and then my grandkids, who I love so much, it, it really makes me sad for their, you know, all the right side. I'm sorry, <laughs> all the wokeness and everything that's, that's being thrown at them. Uh, geez, I, I just don't know where it's going to end, man. Well, just, Steve, Steve, I mean, what, what it takes, brother, is, is people like us, uh, you, I, Boomer, all of us, uh, all the right side ruffians and everybody else out there in right land has got to just speak up and make sure that we're – we're on the hunt for people who will uh, espouse our values when they get into office. But hey, let's exactly. we we, we got to run, Steve. But thanks for the call. And um and I and oh, I, I enjoy your show every day, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Keep uh, it going. Outstanding. Keep it going. Um, he's got a great point. You know, it's 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 interesting when you see things being thrust on us by government. And here I am talking about go woke, go broke. And I'm really referring to corporations that go woke, then they go broke because they lose their sales. But he's got a point. He's got a point that there are times, like I did that clean air zone thing in Birmingham, England, there's times when government gets its own agenda and it forgets that government is there to support the people, not to make life different. That's not their role. I mean, it's one thing to say provide for the common defense and to have the policing powers and to, and to you know, to do certain things to provide infrastructure and schools. Those are, those are essential functions of government. But then when you start doing things like what we've been seeing, where uh, President Biden is still, still making it difficult. And some cities like New York City especially are making things difficult for landlords. And there are people who actually, they make their living off of being property managers and they can't collect rent. And so people are living there for free and the landlord is supposed to suck it up. How many of those homes are, you know, not being cared for, Will? And oh, by the way, how many of those homes are financed? So how does a landlord pay his mortgage on the home that's supposed to be covered by the rent? Anyway, last thing I got here from the hill.com. Hill.com has a piece that came out just uh, yesterday. It says, can companies be virtuous and still turn a profit? Well, it it points out about ESG. ESG started off in a thing they used to call corporate social responsibility or CSR, a business concept that's kind of gained traction in two decades. But the reality is they refer to it as virtuous. In my opinion, you're not exactly being virtuous if your goal is to promote an agenda that is contrary to what your shareholders asked for you to do as a company. It's time for you to get back to basics and recognize that if you go woke, you go broke. All right, coming up next, Boomer and McQueen. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 